moms and dads. Hold on. Now, children of all ages, welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Vizdig. I am a Tony Vizdig, and I come to you each week, five days a week at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We are your daily distraction of all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world. Today, we come to you on a multitude of platforms. I mean, if you're someone who goes, man, I just like the platform surf, <clears throat> but I like to listen to the same thing, then we're the show for you because we're on the platforms. We don't wear platform shoes. We don't have a political platform. Of course, not running for orifice. Uh, but we do have, a, we're on a multitude of platforms. Let me tell you what they are. ComedySchoolsRadio.com, ComedySchoolsRadio.network.com, SoundCloud, Mixler, Spotify, and Facebook Live. More, oh, and Apple. We're on Apple. We're also on Apple. That's a lot of, that's a lot of places to listen. Like, it was like, you know, when I was a kid, there was only like, one station to hear, like, the Grateful Dead or Jefferson Airplane on in St. Louis, you know, and it was Casey. But that's not the case with our show, with Living on a Thin Line. No, no siree, Bob. No siree. We've got, whatever whatever platform you plan on listening on, uh, we got the power to uh, push it towards you. That's a lot of peas. That's a lot of peas. That's a whole can of peas that I just opened right there. It's Monday, August 1st. Monday, August 1st, 2022. We've made it through uh, most of, uh, most of us have. Some some haven't, but most of us have made it through, through uh, 2022. So um, I want to thank you all for uh, hanging with us. I got up today at like 5.30 and went to bed at like 12.30. So you do the math on that. And uh, I really can't fall back asleep. I'll wake up and go, I should fall back asleep. But also because it's so hot in Arizona in the summertime, in the summertime. What did I say, Kelly Wilson? Did I not say Casey? That's what I said, right? Casey 95. When, uh, Kelly Wilson, who's um, uh, uh, watching and listening from, uh, I think, Florida. Are you in Florida? He said, he just typed in Casey. Because I thought that when I was referencing, you know, where you could hear those songs in St. Louis, it was pretty much just that station. Did I say some other? Are you just affirming? Anyway, it gets so hot, except for last week. It was so nice and cool. It rained every day in the morning. It rained every day in the morning. Uh, except for, um, what was it, Saturday? Saturday. Uh, then um, it rained in the afternoon. So, But today, I think it's pushing back up to normal heat. So you get up early, you know, and you do all this stuff in the morning and you go, yeah, man, I got up early. I really get a jump on today. And you do kind of get a jump on the day. But then somewhere mid-late morning, the day gets a jump on you. And you just, you just, you start to power down. Start to power down. So uh, I had to take a little nap. The issue is a lot of times I'm taking a nap right before the show. So I wake up a little foggy. A little foggy. I get a little foggy inside. Holy cow! He's got a little foggy. I'll tell you what I wasn't fo- when I wasn't foggy was last night at JP's Comedy Club. JP'sComedyClub.com, 860 East Warner Road, Gilbert, Arizona. When you think comedy, you think Gilbert, and when you think Gilbert, you think JP's. When we had a wa- round one of our semifinals for the funniest comic in the valley, round one of our semifinals. For the funniest comic in the valley, five people 
moved on, including um, uh, from the very young to uh, people have been around for a while. Tyla Vett moved on. Uh, Tampon Man moved on. Tampon Man, who um, some uh, cruise ship comics uh, saw her poster on Facebook and they decided to put it on their site, started to make fun of Tampon Man and uh, a couple of people that uh, are regular friends of ours, including LD Newstead, uh, made quick work of that bullshit with our cruise ship comic friends. Uh, LD Newstead has posted a great show last night. Congratulations to those who advanced. And I want to congratulate LD for making it to the semifinals. Uh, LD Newstead is, um, here's the thing with comedy is, um, you know, you get involved with it and then people have been involved with it longer want to be like snarky assholes to you. They want to, uh, they want to be uh, snarky, snarky assholes. Yeah, you know, I, I told more jokes than you. I forgot more jokes than you. You know, they've been doing it a couple years. But, um, L.D. Newstead's been doing it for less than a year, and he made it to the semifinals. It was very funny last night. It was just a, a tough field. So uh, that you made it, you made it as far as you did in your very first contest. I think uh, hats off to you. Hats off to L.D. Kurt Nermy asked, uh, for those of you who are just listen, who are listening on say Spotify or Apple, <clears throat> you go, who the hell is he talking to? Here's kind of how the show works. Uh, it's a 30-minute show. That's all it is. I'm not going to sit here for hours on end. Bloviating like some sort of bullshit artist. Um, it's only 30 minutes. And sometimes I talk about weighty issues of the day or great uh, philosophical import or uh, just silly dumb stuff. Uh, and sometimes I uh, talk about just minutia. I do what I want. But we do have kind of a structure at the end of each 30 minutes. I will recommend one artist or one CD from our vast vinyl album and compact disc collection. Uh, usually I have some knickknack or doodad or falderall or thingamajig or thingamabob that I show visually, visually on Facebook Live and then try to weave a personal story around. But the most important part of the show are the uh, people's questions and comments as I traipse along that I can read here on Facebook Live because oftentimes their questions and comments shape the show in a far more entertaining way than anything that comes out of my, uh, my foggy mind. And we call those people the uh, living on a thin line gangbang bangers. Because they bang away on the keyboards. They just gang up on me and they just bang away on the keyboards. And one of them is Kurt Nermy, who's uh, regularly seen on Court TV. Uh, so he's like a TV celebrity, okay? Okay, he's like, he's like on television. You guys, better be nice to Kurt Nermy. He's on television. Kirk asks, how would you differentiate between uh, Foggy Tony and regular Tony? Uh, there's not a big difference. There's not a big difference. And I'll tell you why, Kirk, because uh, I have, uh, uh, during my drinking and drug days, I, one of the reasons I stopped drinking and doing drugs is that I was in so many situations all the time where you weren't supposed to be drunk or high. So I learned how to act sober and act straight while I was high. And after a while, I went, I was really defeating the purpose of all of this. So I've learned how to uh, act as if. So when I'm doing the show and I'm a little foggy or I'm a little sad and blue or if I'm lonesome tonight, uh, I learned how to mask it. Kirk, I learned how to mask it. And just suck it up, Buttercup. Put on a good show. I just being honest with you, Kirk. But uh, you're you're a former attorney, so you don't appreciate honesty. Um, LD Newstead says thanks, Tony. Very competitive group last night. You are welcome, sir. Um, Kirk Nervous says bloviate is an awesome word. So that's how we know I'm coming out of my fog. Is I'm using a word like bloviate. 
Kev the All-Star is watching. Uh, I saw Kev the... Uh, a lot of these people, like I said, if you're on other platforms in other cities or countries, or if you're like on the International Space Station, you're picking this up. Let me explain. A lot of these people are uh, very funny comics who uh, reside in Phoenix. Uh, Kurt, uh, Kev the All-Star is one. And I had the privilege of... I was doing guest sets at JP's Comedy Club Friday night. Stopped in uh, with the... Uh, uh, and had a great time. And Kev the All-Star was there. And I get a chance to talk to you a lot, Kev. But it was really great seeing you. And uh, I think you're doing a great job. And you're very funny on stage. Uh, LD News says, said regular Tony is a Zircone. <laughs> I think... All right. And we can talk about this. Okay. I think that my hair looks good even when I don't comb it. I think I have that kind of hair that any way it lays, it looks great. It's just naturally perfect in the way that it lays my hair. And I don't even have to, uh, hold on, I got some stupid pop-up here uh, on the uh, computer we use for Spotify. And it says, check your HP uh, warranty status. I don't want to check it, and I'm not going to check it. And they can check me off. So back to my hair. Like right now, you're right, it's kind of not combed. It's kind of not combed. But I think it looks good. Yeah, stick it up a little bit where I got the uh, headphones on. But hey, man, I'm not perfect, okay? I'm not God. I'm not God. But I think it still looks good. It's like a different kind of thing. Uh, uh, Terry Jean, Therese Scott Byer, says, Hi, Tony. And she says that I look marvelous. So, man, 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 How's about that? How's about that? Let's see if I can pull up anything interesting on the news to talk about. Because I, uh, and I can't. I, I read news sites. I don't really look at... Um, I used to have cable news on uh, the way I used to have MTV on. Just nonstop in the background. Just, you know, just waiting for something to go on. But nowadays, um, I kind of want my head to be separate from all of that. But I still want information. So I just go to news sites. So um, let's see what's on the CNN uh, Wow, so a January 6th writer got more than seven years in prison. The 87-month sentence, what sounds worse? If you were standing in front of a judge and he said you were going to get seven years or 87 months. To me, the months thing always seems to make it a little easier. You will serve 87 months. Go, that, that's not bad. A month is 30 days. That's, that's not long. Seven years. Now, 87 years, you'd be going, all right, that's, uh, I'm going to die here. If you were like a baby and you uh, committed a crime and got convicted and it gave you 87 years, you would just be uh, uh, in prison your entire life. But a January 6th writer, he got more than seven years in prison. And the subheadline was the 87-month sentence is two years longer than the other capital rioter prison term handed down so far. Now, in my mind's eye, despite your beliefs, and by the way, I don't really care about your beliefs. I care about what's... True. I care about facts. That's what I care about. So, uh, despite your beliefs, as I watch those people uh, attack the United States of America, that they went to the very heart of democracy, to uh, the heart of our, of our national governing system that is chosen by... You know, man, we don't choose the president. We don't choose the president. We vote for electors... And then those electors choose. And we, we're all kind of super aware of that nowadays. For a long time, 
uh, for the most of uh, the 20th century, that ran pretty darn smoothly until the year 2000, when the guy who was uh, the minority, George W. Bush, won. But we all kind of went, mm, okay, right, one time, one time. His dad was a president. How bad can he screw up? Pretty bad. Um, but now we're hyper aware of the fact that we vote for electors. Uh, you know, in most states, in almost always the electors vote for whoever won the popular vote in their state. But we do vote directly for the members of uh, the United States House. And that's like usually tiny, man. It's only like, you know... In Arizona or Wyoming or, you know, Oregon or Missouri or most places that don't have um, massive stacked populations like, say, Los Angeles or even San Francisco or New York City, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a small group of people and the majority, whoever the majority is, boom, that guy, that guy or gal or whatever gender they are, you know, whatever, whatever binary uh, whatever binary uh, imaginary number, I don't know, goes to the United States House of Representatives. That's pretty much, that's pretty much direct democracy there. Same thing with uh, the Senate. Each state gets two senators, whether it's California or Wyoming. Um, so those people, we, you and I, send directly to Washington, D.C., and then, of course, we immediately bitch about them afterward. They're all crooked. Well, you voted for them, Nimrod. That being said, uh, these um, insurrectionists, these uh, treasonous revolutionaries, like I said, I don't care what your beliefs are, and you can believe what you want, and you can support who you want, but I don't think there should be any question that uh, people that smashed their way through the doors of the United States Capitol were... Um, uh, heinous, uh, treasonous, uh, sons of bitches. I was surprised that more of them didn't get shot that day. I mean, you're talking about revolution, man. And by the way, I have no interest in a revolution. This stuff all works pretty good in the main. You know, I mean, I'm a liberal and I'm, I'm always for, you know, progressive change. But, you know, even if you're not liberal, you know, and you're not for progressive change. This stuff works pretty good. You know, there's always little ups and downs and stuff for the most part. You know, we're all, you're moving towards, you know, being, um, the guys who created this whole thing, those guys in the wigs with the buckles in their shoes, that's who uh, shaped this country, with uh, guys with wigs with kind of high heel shoes with buckles on them. And I don't know why Ron DeSantis hates the Founding Fathers. So um, they, they crafted something that could, could grow. You know, to now include uh, people of all races, creeds, and colors, and uh, um, sexual identity. Of course, some people are trying to pull that back a little bit now. So I was surprised that uh, more of those people didn't get mowed down with machine guns. Like, I'm much, I'm very surprised more of that didn't happen. That showed great restraint on um, law enforcement. We always see, you know, the terrible things like uh, the um, um, pretty boy Floyd. I'm sorry, George Floyd. Uh, I get my Floyds, and I know a guy named Floyd, so it gets confusing for me. George Floyd. In the George Floyd situation, uh, we see the uh, the worst excesses of law enforcement. Uh, but that day, the um, you know, law enforcement showed great restraint 
They did. Oh, yes, they did. From the Secret Service all the way down to the uniformed uh, men and women who were out front being uh, physically attacked. I'm surprised more of them didn't get shot. I'm surprised more of them weren't getting like 20 and 30 years in prison. That the longest sentence so far has been seven years. Uh, I don't know if that sends a strong enough message, a strong enough message to uh, would-be terrorists and uh, treasonous bastards that still lurk amongst us, you know? So, uh, but a guy got seven years, so seven years. Kurt Nermie says, he's more intrigued by the charges that might be faced by the fake electors. Yeah, <clears throat> so people were chosen, you know, by popular vote to be the electors who would then, you know, cast their vote in the presidential election. And um, Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, what the hell happened to Rudy Giuliani? First off, I always thought he was kind of a weirdo. But he did do some positive things in New York City that really kind of changed New York City at one time. He did break the back of uh, the mafia, which is uh, really good, uh, except for that then it then led to uh, opening the door to um, uh, Colombia cartels and uh, Russian uh, Russian mobsters, you know, and nobody's taken on any of those guys at that level yet. I think we were always so fascinated by the mafia because they, they were like, they lived in the same neighborhoods that a lot of people lived in. Uh, they had their own code, but at the same time, there was a weird patriotism about them. There was a weird patriotism about them. They they were capitalists. They did love America. They just uh, wanted to sell uh, booze and uh, uh, run gambling outfits and um, you know um, handle prostitution, which makes them no different than a lot of regular businesses nowadays. But they you know shot people and tortured people. And, did bad things. And they didn't pay their taxes. But uh, no one has taken on the um, South American drug cartels or the uh, Russian mafia or any of the uh, post-American, uh, uh, classical American mafia organizations. Um, these fake electors, this whole plan to send a separate sl- slate of electors and I, we were talking about Rudy Giuliani, and that's how I rolled off on that. He was one of the main instigators of it. Uh, was uh, this this plan to sow the seeds of doubt and turn us into, as some commentator uh, said recently, a banana republic? And by the way, I happen to like bananas, and I used to like that store, Banana Republic. And I like the song Banana Republic by Jimmy Buffett. But I don't want the United States to be a banana republic ran by a tin horn dictator, you know, with fake elections. So they tried to send slates of electors who weren't, you know, the official electors and have their votes counted. And that was insanity. You know, and and what was really disgusting about the whole thing was that they kept going, we just want to pause on the entire thing so we can really investigate these uh, allegations that uh, have been made up by us. Because that's what the fuck happened. These allegations that were made up by us. So, um, JoJo Justice says, people have been getting in trouble for following orders for a long time. War crimes, Vietnam are coming to mind. Uh, Oh, Don Shell, a friend of ours from uh, Jefferson County, Missouri, when I was 18 and he was a little bit younger than me, we all lived in the same apartment building in High Ridge, Missouri. Uh, when I was a bit of an alcoholic terrorist, uh, he said uh, he said he's in uh, he's in Toledo, 
Not Ohio, Spain. It's 11 o'clock live. Cool, Don. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Anyway, we had a... Let's get off all that. We, we had a great time. Great time. Um, this one computer keeps going dark, and I just want to make sure that it's running. So I keep turning around and tapping it. Um, we had a great time at JP's. We had a great time Saturday night at uh, Vito's Restaurant. Uh, we had a great turnout for the uh, Matt Broom Show. Matt's a very funny guy. Uh, uh, and we had a good time. I had a good time Friday night when I was able to uh, come down and do a couple guest sets at uh, JP's Comedy Club. And we had a great time Thursday night at the roast. At the roast. Uh, with uh, Ken Ferguson's show up improv. So much fun to be able to bring that improv group down every few weeks to uh, Maricopa. So I've got a lot of fun things coming up for you guys. Uh, oh, hold on. Our, our good friend Al Champ de Blasio has uh, something interesting. He goes, I need mafiosos. Uh, huh? uh, I also knew some of the bad things they did. I had a frame get his legs blowed off. I think, Champ, I think you're talking and that it's, it's a, a speech to text. So somebody text. So what I'm getting is that you knew people in the mafia and uh, you knew some of the bad things they did. You had a friend got his legs blown off a car bomb. But that's no fun. Um, I don't want to talk about it. There's things I don't like to talk about a lot and say a lot of bad things about. And uh, two of them are the mafia and the Hells Angels uh, because there are Hells Angels out near where I used to live in Chatsworth and I still spend time out there. And uh, uh, I like to go to New York a lot and uh, eat in Little Italy. So uh, uh, I, uh, I'm i just going to leave it at that when it comes to the Hells Angels. Yeah, by the way, here's how you know you're getting old and how you're no longer a threat. All right? And Champ and Kirk and all you guys, uh, let's see if uh, you'll agree with this, that you know you're not a threat. I was walking into a 7-Eleven right below Santa Barbara, California, one time on a Sunday night, coming back from the beach, and I pulled up to the parking lot of 7-Eleven, and uh, there were a whole bunch of motorcycles and a whole bunch of Hells Angels in the parking lot. So I kind of tensed up a little bit. Tensed up a little bit. Oh, Hells Angels. I go, all right, man. These angels give me the shit, man. I guess I have to throw down. You know, even if I get my ass beat, I'm going to stand up to the angels. I'm going to take no shit. This is the way my mind's working, okay? And I'm walking up, and there's a Hells Angel coming out of the 7-Eleven. So we're going to cross paths just about the time the door opens. And I'm going, all right, man, I'm ready. And as the door opens, he holds the door open for me and goes, there you go, sir. Have a good day. I was like, oh, well, thank you, sonny. <laughs> I, he saw some old man limping across the parking lot. And he goes, I'll hold the door open for this young fella. So uh, that was my last big interaction with uh, the Hells Angels. And, uh, you know, it was pretty nice. You know, uh, Edwin Felix is watching from down in Texas. Hannah is watching from her new apartment. Uh, hold on. Champ said something else here if I can find it. I just lost it. I just lost what you put up, Champ. I'm looking for it again. Oh, man. Uh, JoJo just says, My dad was a gambler on the World Series of Poker, and these guys res uh, respect it because he was a winner. He was a winner. I think Champ earlier said that you uh, couldn't find your glasses. I get that. No need. I was just... I knew that it was either... You didn't have your glasses on, champ, or that you um, uh, were doing, like, you know, speech to text. So I would just straight up. Oh, Joe Gannon. Why, Joe? I didn't know you were watching. Joe's in Texas, too. T for Texas. So we got a couple Texans watching. Got people watching from Toledo, Spain, listening from that. And, man, people are listening all over the world. I like that so much. 
Uh, we were talking about crime. Here's something I picked up the other day. Now, this is not an original printing, but I had to have it. Uh, EC Comics. There's always creepy, weird comics. This is a re reprint. Look at that. Isn't that cool? Look at the back, too, because it's always... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great art? Isn't that great pulp art? This is Crime Stories, Suspense Stories. In this issue, uh, EC's adapt adaptation of a story by Ray Bradbury, America's top horror writer. So we think of Ray Bradbury, of course, you think of science fiction. But he also wrote horror stuff, too. This was, I think, some of this, like, this back cover, Jolting Tales of Tension in the, in the EC tradition, Crime and Suspense Stories, almost looks like it was done by... Uh, because if you look there, doesn't that look a lot like uh, Spider-Man's Aunt May in the early in the early 60s? So, and there's a, a, the classic woman being threatened kind of thing. No one to help her. Okay. Uh, just the strong primary colors. And EC put out a lot of crime and creepy comics that were kind of really popular. Um, the really popular alternative. Uh, and it's close to breaking the comic code. As you could get with their uh, with their storylines and their subject matter throughout the fifties, so and they were the uh, like popular alternative to uh, uh, the really clean cut DC and uh, Batman and Amer uh, Batman and Superman all American boy kind of things. Um, uh, and it looks like some of the artists, and I'm going to look into it uh, that were with EC later on went over to Marvel because that certainly looked like. The artwork of the uh, first artist to be working on, like, the uh, Spider-Man comics. So I got that for you. Um, uh, things coming up this week. The Roost this Thursday. And, of course, at the same time, same time as The Roost, uh, shows at JP's Comedy Club. Joe Gannon says EC is the reason for the comics code. That's one of the reasons I love my audience so much, because uh, uh, people, you're smart. I go, no, my audience is smart. My audience knows stuff. Um, uh, oh, Joe Gannon says that's why they stopped making comics and made Mad Magazine instead. Man, you and I got to talk about that, Joe, because, um, uh, you know, Mad Magazines are starting to become collector items now. A few years ago, they were practically being given away in thrift stores and stuff, but I'm starting to see them turn up in comic book shops now, and they're starting to gain a little value, uh, and I think that, uh... I think that um, um, so many of us, our, our sense of humor, American sense of humor, um, was shaped by Mad Magazine. They were just so funny and so detailed on what they did. I mean, before National Lampoon, which of course was the next great humor magazine after Mad Magazine, um, they, were, they were so important. Uh, Terry Jean just said, uh, she has people coming to the Roost Thursday. Yeah, Terry Jean's at the Roost Thursday, this Thursday, so that's going to be great. Um, let me look up something real quick for you guys, okay? So, and by the way, if you're listening from around the country and you're ever going to be in Arizona, you know, we've got great comedy shows for you all the time. We have them at JP's Comedy Club. Um, we have them at the Tempe Center for the Arts. We have them at Vito's Restaurant. We have them at uh, um, the Roost in Maricopa. Uh, did I leave anything out? Uh, and we have new shows coming online in Prescott. We got a show coming up this month with Andrew Norelli. 
Shows in Payson. Got a show in Payson coming up with Mondo Man. Uh, new shows in Avondale are coming up. So uh, just a lot of great stuff happening for you guys. Uh, coming up all the time. All the time. You know, always go to ComedySchools.com or listen to this show. Or uh, direct message me. I can always sometimes hook you up for some of the places with tickets. Uh, by the way, August 12th. Uh, can I mention August 12th? August 12th is the my birthday bash and the uh, roast of Tony Visick. Uh, a few of my uh, very close friends are going to get together and for my birthday just say really shitty things about me. Uh, and then I get to go up and say terrible things about them. That's going to happen um, August 12th. And you get tickets for that at uh, TempeCenterOfTheArts.com. Please buy a ticket for that show. Okay, uh, we own that show and uh, it's expensive to put on. So come on down. Do I have time to do music? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I have time to do music today. So I think I'm just going to kind of hold off. Although I had a bunch of new music here I got. Let me see if we got anything I can mention real quick. Da -da 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 -da. Um, no, that sucks. That's terrible. Um, I picked up this CD the other day. If you know anything about stickers, yes, I got it at Goodwill. Um, the other day, I was upstairs working, and I'm hearing all this great music coming from downstairs from the television. I'm going, what the hell is that? Finally, when my wife came up, I go, what, what, what is that that's on? She goes, it's American Graffiti. And you forget how incredible the soundtrack was to a groundbreaking movie that kind of changed American cinema uh, by George Lucas way before Star Wars or anything called American Graffiti and launched the uh, careers of Richard Dreyfuss and so many others. Uh, and all that 50s music was great. Uh, I just picked this up. Hoppin' and Boppin' 50s, uh, Volume 16, 1950 to 59, The Ultimate Collection. Um, do you know what I'm going to recommend today? Because he doesn't get recommended enough. You know, when you think about the, uh, the big stars of the 1950s that changed music, I was listening to uh, music, I was listening to the 50 stations on Sirius last night, and they were playing stuff from the early 50s. Stuff from the early 50s. And then you realize what rock and roll did to popular music in the 50s, in a good way, I think, and how it dramatically changed the sound of America. The sound that came out of cars, transistor radios, um, uh, toaster-style radios that sat on kitchen tables. It changed it. And the, the people who changed it in the main were Bill Haley and the Comets, which was kind of weird because they were just a straight-laced band. Uh, Bill Haley and the Comets, Elvis Presley, of course, uh, Little Richard, Cher Jerry Lee Lewis, and Chuck Berry. But one of the most important doesn't get mentioned enough. He wasn't sexy. He wasn't hot. He wasn't crazy. He didn't have any controversy. He died way too young. We're talking about Buddy Holly. Uh, and there were songs by, uh, but, you know, where we automatically know songs by Little Richard or Elvis or Chuck Berry. With Buddy Holly, we more the idea of Buddy Holly. And we don't realize just how good it was, you know, because uh, he was a clean, and what, part of the appeal of Buddy Holly was he was kind of a nerdy looking guy. So unlike Elvis, who looked like some sort of beautiful alien, or Little Richard and uh, Jerry Lewis, like uh, uh, some uh, demons who were uh, conjuring something out of the piano from uh, a deep and sexy underworld, uh, Buddy Holly wore kind of thick glasses, had a little bit of buck teeth. He just this little skinny Texas boy. Um, and we forget just how good he was. So I'm going to recommend Oh Boy by Buddy Holly. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, by the way, there was a great Buddy Holly movie made uh, a long time ago now, in the 70s, late 70s, 78 or 79, starring um, Gary Busey. So if you are ever looking for anything to watch, that is one of the best biopics I've ever seen. Like the new Elvis movie is fantastic. It's fantastic because it's a fantastic movie. But it's a myth. It's a reimagining of Elvis. It reestablishes the myth and legend of Elvis in a cool way, but it's not the man Elvis in reality. Um, the uh, Buddy Holly biopic starring Gary Busey was. It wasn't a, um, it's a little bit of a, you know, of a typical Hollywood biopic, but at the same time, it's not. It's more honest. It's more real. Gary Busey was nominated for an Academy Award for it. But Oh Boy by Buddy Holly is one of those songs that uh, thousands of young artists, when they're first picking up guitars and banging on drums, uh, is one of the songs that they learn, Oh Boy, and uh, Not Fade Away, and all these fantastic songs. Don Shell says he loved that movie. Shirley's already got it up uh, in the chats. Oh boy. Simple, fun, listen. Oh my love, oh my kissing. I think what was great about Buddy Holly's songs is how they were, they were left where there was so much room to interpret for anyone who's going to play it. It all of a sudden could kind of become their song. Could kind of become their song. That's what was great. I mean, I first really became aware of Not Fade Away, which was redone by the Rolling Stones in the early 60s. But not as a huge hit, but uh, from uh, Grateful Dead concert, because they did uh, they do a bang up job of not fade away, and they made it their own. Uh, Buddy Holly music is music musicians to play and make it their own while still being true to the core of Buddy Holly. All right, that's our show for the day, man. I got it all in, man. I advertised the shows. We talked a little politics, uh, some opinion. I got to say hi to people all over the world. How nice is that? That's very nice. I'm gonna be back tomorrow with more thrilling tales from yesteryear, right here on Living on a Thin Line. Bye-bye. <coughs>